It's time to discover your spiritual identity with your host, Mike Shree. There are hundreds of names and titles given to God's people that powerfully reveal who you are, why you exist, and what your purpose is in this world. Each one pulls back the veil of a different aspect of who you are in Christ. Once you learn these names and titles and apply them to your life, you will rise up boldly to be all that God has called you to be. Are you ready? Here's Mike Shree. God refers to his people as heirs of salvation in the epistle to the Hebrews. Let's read the foundational scripture, chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. But to which of the angels did he say at any time, Sit on my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who shall be heirs of salvation? So right from the beginning, we can see that heirs of salvation are so important to God, he commissions his angels to take care of us. According to Psalm 91, he gives his angels charge over us to bear us up in their hands, lest we dash our feet against stones. Now that's oversight from heaven in a very detailed way. You can expect angelic intervention in your life if you are saved and right with God. Now what does the word salvation mean? It simply means deliverance, but it covers a whole range of circumstances and situations. It can mean deliverance from enemies, deliverance from danger, deliverance from sin, deliverance from satanic powers, deliverance from your lower nature, deliverance from the mistakes of your past, deliverance from the curse of separation from God, deliverance from mortality, and deliverance from eternal destruction. So you can see it covers every need or every area of challenge that you could possibly face in life. The word salvation is found 148 times in the modern English version of the Bible. That's 104 times in the Old Testament and 44 times in the New Testament. And many times in the Old Testament, it meant salvation or deliverance from enemies attacking Israel. Often it has nothing to do with the forgiveness of sin or the cleansing of the soul, yet that is a very essential and important part of it, especially in the New Testament. Let me give you one example from the Old Testament, Exodus fourteen thirteen. The children of Israel are standing at the edge of the Red Sea, scared, frightened, because Pharaoh's army is closing in for the kill, and they feel like their situation is totally impossible. But listen to what Moses says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. And then he went on to say, the Egyptians, which you've seen today, you'll see them no more again forever. And you know the wondrous story of the miraculous divine intervention, the opening of the Red Sea and the destruction of Pharaoh's army. God is still just as powerful to work for you and to move in your situation, even if it looks absolutely impossible. He's still a saving God. Let me give you another 
New Testament example. For instance, in Philippians chapter 1, verse 19, Paul was talking about his incarceration in prison, and he said, I know this will turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. And so when he referred to salvation, he wasn't talking about forgiveness of sin. He wasn't talking about the deliverance of the soul from its fallen state. He was talking about being delivered from his incarceration and how that God would work in that situation to deliver him from the negativity of it and bring forth a positive result. So salvation saturates every arena of our lives, every area of conflict, every area of opposition. With regard to the salvation of our souls, salvation is triune in nature, just like conversion. When a person is converted, the very word, the essence of the word means three things. To turn away from this world and its evil, to turn toward God, and to return to a relationship with him. That's what it means to convert or to be converted. Now, in like manner, salvation has a triune meaning. We were saved from the penalty of sin when our spirits were regenerated and renewed in the Holy Spirit. You should read Titus 3.5 in reference to that. Also, on a day-to-day -day basis, we are being saved from the power of sin as we daily experience deliverance from soulish battles of the mind and the will and the emotions. That's constant. That's every single day. That's all day long. God is delivering us by his word, by his spirit, by his blood, by his name, by a variety of weapons of warfare. We're constantly being saved in a continuing way. And then we will ultimately be saved from the presence of sin when we are delivered from the bondage of our flesh and the dead in Christ are raised and living believers are translated at the coming of the Lord. In fact, Hebrews 9.28 talks about that and says, to those who look for him, he will appear the second time without sin unto salvation. That makes it sound like salvation is futuristic. Are we saved or are we going to be saved? Well, both are correct because we are saved from the penalty of sin. We are being saved from the power of sin, and we will yet be saved from the presence of sin when we are delivered into an eternal state. If we die before the coming of the Lord, to be absent from the body is to be present with God Almighty and perfected in his presence, saved forever from the evil and the contamination of this world. And if we are alive at the coming of the Lord and we are caught up to meet the Lord in the air, we will be changed, translated, glorified, made immortal, and all the effects of sin will be washed away with the past. Thank God for that. God is so involved in our salvation. He is referred to as our Savior. I love Isaiah 43, verse 11. It says, I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. 
Beside me, there is no Savior. Think of that. But then in John chapter 10, verse 9, Jesus said, I am the door, and by me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. So salvation is always followed by the nourishment of the soul with the living waters of his spirit and the wonderful provision of his word, partaking of the word and the spirit on a daily basis. Well, if God meant what he said in the Old Testament, I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior, it would have been blasphemous and heretical for Jesus to say, I am the door. And by me, if any man enter, he shall be saved if Jesus was not God manifested in the flesh. But the same voice that gave that statement in Isaiah 43:11 was the voice in an incarnate form who gave the statement in John chapter 10, verse 9. Same voice, same God, same image of the invisible God, eternally existent, but manifested in time. No wonder the angel Gabriel spoke to Mary and said at the Annunciation, the announcement that she would bear a son, you shall call his name Jesus. Or of course, in the Hebrew, you shall call his name Yeshua, for he shall save his people from their sins. The name Yeshua means salvation. So every time you call on his name, you are confessing salvation power over your life. When you just say Jesus, no wonder the Bible says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved because his very name connects you with his saving power, banishing demons from your mind, driving sin from your soul, extinguishing the flames of mental confusion and self-condemnation and guilt and misery from your mind. Just speak the name of Jesus and salvation manifests in power. Praise God. You need to see that salvation is a gift. It's not something you earn. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.9 that God has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which were given to us in Christ before the world began. And so God anticipated your salvation. He predestined that at the moment you call upon him, for salvation, his grace would be there immediately to deliver you and to fulfill your purpose. God always saves you not only from sin, but for a purpose. Remember that according to 2 Timothy 1.9. Also, Ephesians 2.8 says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of of God. Isn't it an amazing thing that first God blesses you with the faith to be saved, and then God blesses you because you're saved, when the entire work is a work of God to begin with. He is the author and the finisher of your faith, and he's the captain of our salvation, the Bible says. So he champions our cause in the face of ongoing conflict. He's the leader of this army of saved people 
who battle demons and battle sin and battle the lower nature. And yes, you'll get wounded from time to time, but he's the captain of our salvation. That's what the Bible calls him. Praise God. I want you to see this too, that salvation is multifaceted in the original Greek especially. You can see the connection between several areas in which it manifests. When you go back to the Greek word translated saved in the scripture I just quoted, Ephesians 2.8, for by grace you have been saved. The Greek word is sozo, S-O-Z-O, and strangely and curiously, sozo has been translated a number of ways into the words heal, preserve, made whole, and get well. Think of that. So it covers all that territory? Yes. For instance, in James chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, it says, Is anyone sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Well, that's sozo. And it means not only save, but heal, because when God saves you, he heals your mind, he heals your soul, he heals your whole being. He heals you from the effects of this world. And the Bible says your faith has saved you. Well, again, the word is sozo. And in one rendering, it says your faith has made you whole. And so salvation means a complete overhaul of your inner being. It makes you whole, even physically as well. It preserves you. See, God intends to preserve his work in you. So salvation grace and the blood that affects salvation is constantly flowing through your heart and soul and regenerating and renewing you day by day because God's intention is not only to start a work in you, but to finish a work in you, to preserve you unto his heavenly kingdom. Sozo. And if you go through bouts with sickness mentally, emotionally, physically, let's expect sozo power, salvation power, saving power to cause you to get well, because that's part of the agreement. God, our Savior, intends to watch over his word to fulfill it in your life. Now let's move into ultimate salvation. Isaiah 52 verse 10 says, all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. When is that going to come to pass? That will be fulfilled at the coming of the Lord in fabulous power and a display of glory that will be like the light of the sun seven times over, the prophet said. What a time that will be when the Savior descends from above to save us from the dust, to save us from mortality, to save us from the grave. And the graves will not be able to hold us and mortality will not be able to grip us as we are changed into his image, his glorious image eternally. No wonder John saw the heavenly throng in Revelation chapter 7 verse 10. They were making a glorious praise statement in the heavenly realm, in the celestial world, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne 
and to the Lamb. Praise God, because salvation is going to take you from this imperfect world to a state of absolute perfection in the next world. You can confess every day, I am an heir of salvation. I want my inheritance. I want what's coming to me and expect salvation to overflow into any area where you need divine intervention. Start confessing, I am who God says I am, and I have what God says I have. Thank you for listening to Discover Your Spiritual Identity with Mike Shree, a podcast designed to cause a spiritual awakening in your life. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can go deeper into this amazing revelation of the names God has given His people by getting your copy of Mike Shreve's book titled, Who Am I? Dynamic Declarations of Who You Are in Christ. We also invite you to visit our website, shreveministries.org, and sign up to be part of our global internet family, a group of on-fire believers who are bold to proclaim, I am who God says I am, I have what God says I have, and I will be what God says I will be.